Welcome to Spit Out. I'm JK Discoff. Alongside me, I have Swiss Cheese, and we're gonna be breaking down what just ha- the tournament that just happened, Jonesboro. Kind of what we we kind of talked about it. One of the more not as exciting courses to watch, in my opinion. I feel like. Uh, I can, yeah, I can, I get that. I can see, I can see why course, it's, yeah. Like, I feel like on the tour, like, it, I, there's just a lot of other courses I'd rather play. Yeah, I can see it. There's, like, I'll some, watch. <laughs> and, and people who, like, granted, the play was so exceptional that people are probably going to, like, think this is, like, a really great tournament. Mm-hmm. But there's some, there's plenty of, like, I don't want, like, throw away a hole. You got, like, that 270, like, that real short one that, like, you and I are birdieing. Like, you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> So like I I don't know like there there are a few couple of holes but I get it but I I do like I, the property's nice I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind playing the course like you know what I mean but as far as like tournament pro player there's some more interesting lines and things of that nature but yeah overall but the play was exceptional it was a hell of a weekend Absolutely it was a hell of a weekend I saw someone post on Twitter that there hasn't been a boring DGPT event so far and I agree yeah that's yeah. I'm trying to think. I, I I think there's has been a blowout probably here and there, but yeah. still to see like that domination, I think is still something we can respect, especially when it went, was someone. I think it was Dickerson. I really want to say it was Dickerson, but I can't remember. Um, or someone like in that caliber kind of just takes away with it. There's just something you can appreciate about like someone taking a tournament in their own hands. Yeah, which, Dickerson did have one of those wins. Like yeah, I, now that I'm thinking about it, but, but someone who had. And undeniably so, that this tournament was Kristen Tatar beating the second place Missy Gannon by 10 strokes. And like it really makes you wonder, was something last week lit her and just decided that this is the tournament where she's going to give it her all? And like, do you think that last weekend and the events that occurred had anything yes. to do with it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. There was a reason why I bet her on the under every day. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? I, I felt she was going to come out and answer. Now, don't, now, here I will also say, I think this course plays to her strengths very well. And don't get me wrong. It may have given her like three to four extra strokes possibly. And that's like being really, really generous. Right. And I think her first day was probably her best day. So like that kind of, I would say that day may have given it up, but um, no, for this course suits her game style. Well, and she was playing the wind and all the reads as better than anybody else. Um, but man, when she can r- kill some distance off of some holes and place herself really well and position herself, she's unstoppable. And, and that's literally exactly what she did. Looking back at her stats, um, 97% fairway hits. She was yeah. not going off the fairway at all. 65% of the time she's landing in circle one and 96% of the time she's landing in circle two. So it just yeah. shows she was lighting it <laughs> up. She was playing her game to almost perfection. I think the one thing that was actually holding her back, and she lost some of the strokes to this, you know, it says I mean, the stats a little skewed because she is still in the top 10 of the tournament, but she giving a few strokes up on a total of 11 missed circle one putts. And granted, you don't know if they're obstructed or, you know, unmakeable, yes. but still 11, I think is notable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, still 70% for circle one and kind of dialed, but just think if she can get a, a few more strokes and how big a lead she really could have. Oh yeah. Man, really can... man, when you're coast, when you're coast walking like that, dude, it's, it's, it's hard not to break focus on mm-hmm. a little bit. Like, you know what I mean? On those 20 footers, yep. you know what I mean? Like I don't blame that, but still that was, no, that's sheer dominance, mm-hmm. sheer dominance. Like, 
it almost reminded me of like the when Paige Pierce was in her reign for so long. That's the disc golf that I was watching happen. Yeah, and it was you know what I mean when I, when the other like premier names, the granted Missy Gannon's there, but Ten Strokes, it was never yeah. a doubter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But when you don't have the other bi- the big names up there, the cats, and, and it's kind of surprising of a cat finish this this weekend. Um, she played this tournament, so she had a win like Tatars last year, mm-hmm. and to have a very poor performance granted her last day cat had one of those another last days but this has kind of been about two or three on the season where she's had a very rough two-day performance and i think her discs are flipping on her or you know what i mean i think i don't know i saw her complaining about that a number of times on some of the coverages that i did see just seemed like she was talking you know when you talk to yourself on discs man like something's not right mm-hmm. and it seems like she was doing that but it did good solid recovery on the last day um but yeah she's having a little bit rough of a few starts now on that you know what i mean yeah it, it seems that we, we've become more common to saying that katrina allen lights up the final uh yeah. last round you know she did not did not shoot the hot round for the final round this time she got close to it but the last two rounds two two tournaments her final round game has just been insane. It just seems that there's just something holding her back from the first two rounds. Even if she got one more of those rounds, she's not not necessarily going for the win, but she's still competitive in the top three. Yeah, no, and I don't think she. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think this will be like an all year thing. I just think she's diselection or wind read something. I also think that, that Jonesboro, the wind was kind of blowing, yeah. and you could see that. And the, the problem is if you throw more understable discs, the wind affects it a lot more. That's yep. why some people, like, you could throw the more overstable discs, have a lot more, you know, they have an advantage because they can trust their disc a little bit more. So that could be another thing of her, you know, using a little bit Fair. more of the understable plastic and really being affected over someone like uh, Chris Tatar, who has a lot more power where she can kind of just use a little more overstable discs and let the disc do the work more so that, you know, trying to find that right angle that is really hard to replicate when the wind's swirling. You got different ones in different situations. It's kind of hard to like dial it in, especially when you have the wind blowing as hard as it was at some, at some points. Yeah. And Tatar's putt is just filthy too, man. It's, it, it is really just a beautiful putt. Mm-hmm. And like, you don't, you don't often, for a lot of people, you don't see that much in like, Beautiful putts and like straddle putts don't go together. Like as far as like, you know what I mean? It's just as far as like aesthetic looks, everybody likes that foot up. You know what I mean? Like more of the classic pose. Like if you're like, we're talking like the logo, right? <laughs> like it's yeah. so, You know what I mean? So that that's more the classical, but man, does she, she's the best straddler putter. I almost in the game to my recognition. The Paul's up there. Nate Sexton. Yeah, and, and some will try to th- throw KJ in that. But okay, man. well, KJ is definitely. <laughs> I just oh, wait, saw, wait, wait, sorry, sorry. But sorry. I, thought you, I thought you were questioning if he has a straddle putt. No, I'm no, no, yeah, sorry. I was like, wait, some people I would, I I, no, some people would put him in there, but I don't, I, don't get me wrong, outside of the circle, there. sure, but you know what I mean? But yeah, she's up there, man. As far as straddle, straddle alone, mm-hmm. um, and Paul's straddle putt's sick. It's just, it's not his go-to putt. But. Yep. That's so, crazy to think about. Like Paul McBeth has something that's in the top or whatever of it. Oh yeah, I mean, pretty much can do that. Like, <laughs> there's probably a lot of like the conversations where he isn't necessarily the first, but he's the number one. Yeah, and it's not his go-to. Um, but another exciting man, Cat Mar- Cat Merch guys is still doing great things, and man, is she entertaining to watch. I don't know if if you watched saw much of her card or her coverage. Um, she is really entertaining. She can bomb, and she's just one of those classic pairs when she's on. It's hot. She's white hot. 
And then when it's off, you know what I mean? She's missing some poor putts. She's missing some circle one putts, um, everything along those lines. But, man, she's entertaining. She's really entertaining to watch. It seems like the only problem that I've seen from Cat Merch, I mean, not necessarily a problem, but I think something that you get fixed is she, when you say things get worse, it, they do like kind of pile on each other. But man, she's like, has such like roller coaster rounds. It seems like yes. it's like pretty, 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 oh, bogey, bogey. You know, it's like, it's never yeah. like super consistent and like someone like, I'm trying to think of like a, like a Hannah Blumroos or like a Sarah Holcomb where it's like, par 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 with a little bit of birdies here and there no it's like she's like getting a lot of birdies but almost you know the most, she had the third most birdies on the entire tournament but then just the bogeys that accompany it so often like her her best round was a two bogeys and then the final round she had four bogeys and she's still in third yeah but man she's running everything man she's she is running a ton <laughs> like and that's what i think i think that's what gets her in trouble she's like she's almost forcing too much and like she pulls you know what I mean? Because she's putting so much into her throw, but she's also an entertaining figure. She's talking to herself when she does poorly. Um, she flexed on a basket after a missed putt. You know what I mean? She's good for disc golf in a ladies' game. That's kind of like, you know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. You had the the cold page is gone. Like the old cold page is gone. Yeah. I think I think we've written the book. We can start that chapter. That chapter's done, right? Mm-hmm. So there's. You know what I mean? And Tatar's like got the stoic demeanor and Kat's got the stoic demeanor. They don't, they have like cheerful, playful, funny, but like goofy, funny Kat Merch can fit in that role who she competing against Hokum. Like she's got that all day. Like, so she's can find her niche in that group and kind of gain in popularity. She's only 19 and she's having a very, a very quiet, solid season thus far. Um, in my opinion, and I hopefully that it continues the rest of the year, but she's awesome. I think it will too. I think that we're going to see. I mean, this was her best finish in the elite series. She did take fourth at Waco, too, and ninth at Las Vegas. So it's not like top tens are too far no. from her. She's putting up some, and you know, two top fives, one top three. I think we're going to see her name on the top quite frequently, to be honest. I think she's a possibly a year or two away to being like on the Gannon tier. Okay. Interesting. As, yeah. I think. She, she's what we say about all the youngins, right? Like, as soon as she gets a little bit more experience on these courses, getting a lot better reads, I think with she's up there in distance with all of them, right? You know what I mean? It's more locking in the putt in the mid range. And I think she's, I think yeah. it's just consistency. I think yeah. once that little out, bit, that too. Yeah. Once she figures out, like, just her overall game a bit more, and you know, like seeing said, being said, she's only 19. She's only seen these courses how many different times? She's only going to get better with some age. But the other question is another, you know, young gun. I would still say in the sport, uh, we saw, you know, she had the some again similar style where she would get a lot of birdies, a lot of bogeys, be able to compete for top threes. We saw it at the USWDGC and tying for third with Catmarsh this tournament, Ella Hansen. Yeah, no, she's this is a we're gonna we're gonna start running into some courses where Ella's gonna be up there, guys. You know what I mean? These are kind of those distant holes. Um, and she's gotten so much better on her putt. Her circle two putting is so much better than what it was. That's funny because she actually led the tournament in the FPO field for circle two putts. Oh, nice. Man, look at that. I look like I know what I'm doing sometimes, <laughs> man. It's pretty wild. But, yeah, like it's prettier. She's got a really nice step putt like on circle edge she, that I think she's really locked one. She had a really good like elevated basket like from like 40 
that like just looked like one of the that, that was just crispy. Like you knew, like oh man, that was a no doubter. That was like middle pin, like no doubt bucket putt, right? Um, but yeah, and then when she could put her distance, you know what I mean? She's gonna be up there. She's she's we're gonna start running into some elegance and fields where she's gonna be top ten or better in probably a number of these tournaments, especially when we start getting into some of those golfer tournaments or golfer courses. You know what I mean? She's gonna yeah. be up there and she's talented and man, she's another one that's gonna get better. You know yeah, what I mean? She has the similar stats to where I like to preface nah, not preface, but like I like to attribute a lot of the top FPO talents, like the that nest level, like the Chris's cars paid pierces and Ella Hansen, obviously on that distance and ability to get in circle one and circle two, second in both categories, the entire tournament third in the fairway hits. So when she has the ability to throw the disc the way she wants to throw it and get into position, she does it, but it seems, yeah. that, it seems that the putt is still holding her back, especially in circle one, still 30th place only beat 56% to one X. That's just not going to do it, especially when no. you still take third and, you know, taking third. And like I said, the one thing with, with cat merch and Ella Hansen is the amount of bogeys they get. Ella had the second most birdies the entire tournament for the FPO field, but still taking third. And someone like Missy Gannon, who may not be able to uh, get as many birdies, but she's taking a lot more pars. Yeah. She's not losing strokes too often, do like for negative strokes. No, and fair. And, and a couple of the, both of those ladies, some of their missed putts went further. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Put them in that scary range of hitting that second one, but. Yeah, man. And, man, Ella rocks the Viper sunglasses, too, man. Yep. So. Vipers, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that brings out you, you're a big proponent in Cat Merch. I like yeah. Ella Hansen, personally. Who do you think, if you're going to put it on right now, who's going to have a more successful year in, you can say all time. All time? Or this year and all time? We'll do both? Sure. Um, I think, man, we're going to really hit a stretch. And we're gonna really hit a run with Ella. Like I, I, you know what I mean. This is one of those yeah. where I'm like, I know it's coming. Like I'm just thinking like OTB. You know what I mean? Like all those. I'll probably say from this point on, they will be fairly equal. I might give the edge to Ella for this year. Yeah, from this point on. But overall, because of what has happened early, I'm Cat's still gonna have a better year. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, I think, yeah, Ella's Ella can pop into the like possible borderline first high two threes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she could pop in there every once in a while. Um, but yeah, so I'll say that much. Overall, yeah, I think it's cat merch just because of age, aging in the game. You know what I mean? As yeah. far as you know what I mean? It's cut. Ella's coming a little bit later with her being an all pro and the ultimate, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So no slouch on that, but like just cause of age and things of that nature, I think, I think cat merch can be like that. When we, t- that borderline next tier, you know what I mean? Interesting. Pushing um, everyone on those lines, filling some other of those spots in my opinion. Yeah. I, I think this year, I still think cat merch is going to have a better season. I don't know why. I just like, I think she's got a lot of skill right now. I mean, that's clear, but that she's going to just be able to put together a few more top five finishes. And I see Ella being able to pop off. I just, yeah. I still, I have to see it. I really have to see it. And I, I, I think Ella's going to do great. And that, that's kind of where my other take, part of this take comes in. Because I think in the next five years that Ella Hans is going to be an overall better disc golfer than 
uh, Cat Bridge Ooh. does. I think she's going to figure out her puzzle a little bit quicker. And I think when she figures out the wood aspect of her game, because I think that's really where we see a little bit of struggle in her ability to hit the lines, but not get the distance. She could always get the distance. And that's why I think that it's going to be a little bit easier for her. Because once you naturally can throw far, I think it's like walking back. Man, don't so- don't sit on merch, bro. She's She can buy. I, I know she's not one of those names right now. I get it. But man, just watch some of her highlights. Just watch some of those holes that no, she's thrown this weekend. She can bomb. And I she, get it. But like I think Ella, but Ella can right go, now. Yeah. I think she competes right now for like the farthest throw. I think if she does it, I get right, you. Like, she got it. Okay, that's and that's fair. like and like I said, it's something where I think you can walk back to where you. It's really hard to can you know you can obviously teach a lot of distance, but no one can I think go at this point to like someone like Paul McBeth and teach him how to throw farther. Yeah. No, but like, okay, you can sure. always teach, I feel like, how to putt better. I think that's something that, you know, it's a lot easier said than done with these people who are professionals. You know, I think if they get the help, the right coaching, if you really want to dedicate yourself, I think Brody Smith is a perfect example of this. I think if he really, he did really want to dedicate himself to a circle one game. And I think we've seen it. And I think it's going to continue to get better and better. You know, it might not be absolutely perfect right now, but we see the dedication. It actually does pay off. And I think that's something both these players, uh, Cat Merch and Ella Henson, if they, they will do and they will continue to do and we'll see their names even more so. But I think Ella's going to figure it out in the next five years. That being said, I think overall Cat Merch still has it. <laughs> just because of the factor of age Ella is that's a, good, that's a, a little older you know that is a good question but man i'm like and don't get me wrong you you got valerie that's still younger you got macy you got um you, you got tiger also great, young yeah, yeah there, there's some talent. yeah and ha- we're still not mentioning Haley. Haley's pretty been pretty quiet her last two tournaments she's yes. come back yes. um to where she's up there, she's finishing well, <laughs> like well, but she's not there as like in previous years. Here's the next question that I have for you. Oh, goody. Haley King, I think, was someone that was talked about the new young up and town in the FPO that was going to take over. I think that was the, the narrative a lot for the past three years, two years, probably three years now. I kind of, I mean, she won, did, did win the DGPT finale over Paige that one year. I think that's something that. Was it was talked about before? But once she won that, it was super pushed. Yes. I, are we starting to get to the time where we're starting to abandon that narrative and pick different names for the up and coming young talent? It, That's gonna take over. Uh, yeah, man. I, and I can only imagine. Like, there is something to be said to like kind of fly under the radar, like a cat merch, right? Like, where not enough people are talking them versus the Haley and another one, a Heather Young is another young example that's really having oh. someone. She's taking a, a little break. Yeah, but I'm just saying has the difficulties of having that against them. You know what I yeah. mean? Those expectations um, and being able to kind of perform to those is a whole different level than, hey, I'm on this card and nobody's really watching me, right? You know what I mean? I could just run everything. So there's something to be said about that. But I think, yeah, I think Haley's going to be fine. I think this, I think this, I think this, vendor change is going to be really good but it might not it we're just not seeing the results yet but okay. i think it'll get her there i really do okay. I, I really think she'll get there um and I, man I, when i say also quiet it's just like she's not seen on the coverage that much you know what i mean like it's you're just like so when you're saying that it's like there's nothing like of wow sure. you know what i mean like so when i'm saying quiet it's also kind of like that it would be kind of neat if i could just 
Yeah, I need to see her on like a lead or or a camera coverage just to really get a look. You know? well, I think when we, we see her more on the woodsy side, maybe we did just see Champions Cup. But yeah. I don't think she, she did round one. She did do her style of disc golf, and like, unfortunately, kind of fell off there. But I think once we go to the East Coast, especially, we're going to see a, a lot that's more right. Haley King. No, Rounding off point. the top five, then for the FPO, then we have Holland Handley and Katrina Allen taking fifth. Uh, Paige Pierce, then very quiet tournament for her. Not really what was expected, especially when you finish the tournament not minus nine and your final rounds minus eight. <laughs> yeah. But even if she would, you know, if she put those three rounds together, she's still only tying Kristen Tatar. So that's yeah. just to see how, you know, averaging eight down on Angelus Rose is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. And then the worst finish of the year for Valerie Mondujano at seventh. Again, that <laughs> showing her yeah. ability to, to play this year. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I, that's another one that needs more pub. You know what I mean? That it needs to be. She gets a lot of it on this podcast. <laughs> yes, no, this is good. She just, you know, what I mean, it's just, it's just not a name that you think of. And I think that that's what's kind of neat with the FPO is, and we're seeing it also in the MPO. But there's like some names that I think are going to be around there for a number for the rest of the season for sure. And then the future. Yep, I agree. Then going into the MPO side. We had a little yes. bit of playoff action. Woo! Man, was this fucking tournament spicy. All every day, man. Great round. And that's what's kind of cool, neat about this course is it is scorable for these guys, but it, it's there are some like as much as there's not lines to necessarily go around, the T box placements and where some of the pins are are really like nice. That really soft Annie's, or you know what I mean? Like Kind of, and then you play into wind where you might have to go lower, you know. So that's yeah. kind of where it's cool, but there's definitely scorable. Um, and this tournament absolutely delivered, absolutely delivered. I agree. Um, and the playoff, obviously, you know what I mean. It would have been nicer to have a little bit more of a playoff. I think there it had potential to. Man, when I knew it was going to go into playoff, I thought it was going to be like at least three holes. Like, okay. I kind of like, I kind of felt them both. Time, yeah, I thought it was gonna be three. I, I really did, but three minimum. But yeah, it, you know, what I mean, Kelvin with another win. I think this is back to back tournament wins for Jonesboro, right? Didn't he win last year? If I'm not mistaken, uh, I believe so. Yeah, put me on the spot to where I, I don't really know 100%. <laughs> yeah, I think it was so. Yeah, man, it was really cool to win. Um, but yeah, there's plenty of people up there, plenty of people got showcased in this tournament. You know what I mean? Which is also kind of neat. And plenty of names that aren't always all the way around there. You got like yeah, think, Alden. Yeah, Alden Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one person that really, you know, man, I was going to make such a hot take on this podcast uh, <laughs> if this didn't happen. But Kevin Jones taking third. I was so ready to say, is Kevin Jones becoming one of the most overrated disc golfers? I think this kind of, this hopefully so, is going to propel the Kevin Jones that we kind of, want to see i would say and but somewhere i feel like we've he's been a guy who for the last couple of years has been said to be that gonna take that next turn the next step and i don't know if it's the pressure that is to him or maybe he is just a guy that pops out every once in a while but kevin jones hopefully we can see more of this from the entire season if not this could be one of his only you know tournaments like this in the season not probably yeah, not only, but. man i don't want to take anything away from kj because he was on the lead card yep. going into the final day but you know what I mean? He was down, I think, two strokes starting off the day. Had a miraculous th- blind throw in. You know what I mean? And don't get me wrong, great shot. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, right? 
blind throw in, you know what I mean? And then, you know, so like for him to be up, you get what I'm saying? Like him to be up there, that kind of propelled him a little bit higher, but he definitely is going to be unhappy with the finish that he did. You know what I mean? Especially towards the end. Had had a two-stroke lead going in with like the last three holes, I believe. Um, And doesn't even get to the playoff. I was going to say, I'm kind of, that's what is really holding me back from again, pushing the, the this Kevin Jones narrative because going par on the final three holes is kind like you have an Eagle Wolf opportunity at 16. So you're parring that is already going to be losing the stroke to yeah, Paul. Very Eagle Very Eagle It's the third like, easiest yes. hole on the course. And then hole 17, another court, another hole that is playing under par where you're not getting. And I will, I will yeah. take the, the par on 18 is kind of expected. It is the second hardest hole in the course, but going only par for the last final three holes is kind of unacceptable. If you're going to try to make a win run. Dude. I, and I will say that narrative of KJ is not going to go away. Every, everybody's going to, you want to know why? Cause he's exciting. He is. He brings energy and he brings excitement. You know what I mean? You don't get that in Paul. You don't get that in Calvin. You don't get, you know what I mean? When he's hitting a jump pot and he's fist pumping and yeah. like booming, you know what I mean? Like everybody yeah. loves that. And so he's always going to be talked about. And I think he's, I think you're, I think he is at where he's at and he's going to be there his entire career. Okay. So he's never going to be like that guy who's like, I don't see him making another step. I, okay. I don't like, oh, like, He'll pop off. He has chances to win, but he's going to be in and around that like 15, 10, 11 to 15 range. Okay. You know what I mean? In my opinion. I think that's where he's going to be. Um, I right don't. Now he's, right now he's world ranking is eight. So. Okay. I gotcha. All right. But that's like on a, tw- isn't that like on a 12 month scale or like. I'm not really too sure how it works. Yeah, because it has. Yeah, it's like a rolling rating, right? Like, yeah. Okay, so yeah, that goes into a little bit last year. Uh, Yeah, he'll be. I think he's only at eight because you got some other underperformers that have been in uh, in and around up there. Also, sure, sure. like uh, Hamas. I was saying performing. When I think back at what I said, is who is the most overrated? I think we can go. Start putting Adam Hamas's name just because Ooh, I'm not ready to do that yet. No, dude, he, not, his performance this year has just been so just not him. I get it, but man, he also started the year winning the tournament before Vegas. You know what I mean? He won two tournaments before, yeah. and then when he went to the step into the elite series, and we did see him take a seven that Las Vegas, and that was a great first start. Yeah, getting a top ten in your elite series, but then after that, taking 77th at Waco, 50th at Texas States. 88th at the Champions Cup and 25th at Jonesboro. The one thing that is kind of saving him is second at MCO. Yeah, but that's a, that's a silver. You have to remember that, that as well. That is a silver. Granted, a lot of people are at that one. Yes, but overall, his elite series and his major performances have been very lackluster. Yeah, man. I, I man, I think there. I, I will hope there's something up to him. I think there's. I think he's shown enough consistency in his game that he, you got to believe him to be at that same spot where KJ's at, that eight to fifteen spot. You know what I mean? And I think I think there's been enough shown of that. I maybe it's you know what I mean there people go through stretches of just being off, right? Like we're, and I hope it, this is it. Yeah, it was man. Two three weeks ago we were talking about Calvin not looking right, mm-hmm. right? You know what I mean? Like so there, 
I, there are just those tournaments, man. There's those days where just shit doesn't go right. You know what I mean? And I'm, and for a guy who's the who's he, he's got that mindset of like Paul, where you know what I mean I'm gonna go out and win it. And if you have one of those days, you're wrestling a tournament. For those guys, there's just like whatever. You know what I mean? So that's all. And like, but yeah, Paul was another one to poppy. You know what I mean? Especially answering the call in those last what three holes? Four he holes. went five down through the last four holes to put himself into the playoff with Calvin coming down a stroke in uh, obviously on the round, and then Calvin through the last four holes went four down. So it was kind of a, a tough little battle there, and I was really scared for Calvin, especially after that bogey. And it's been just something in Calvin's career where he can't finish. It seems that for some reason. His ability to get wins is just a lot less than you know, like Paul's, Dickerson's, maybe not, uh, Ricky and stuff like that. But was, Man, that that whole it. that hole was eating up a lot of other players, though. It had a bad sure. win, and I know Burr did the identical. You know what I mean? It was eating yeah. up a few. Um, no, when it released, man, I thought it was good. Like when I released, I was like, "Oh man, that's gonna be damn good," and then it just. The, you know the wind beat it down and hit the tr- branch you know what i mean yeah. so uh, you know and he and we're talking you want to talk about you know what i mean that was a bad one granted some would say that's a poor wind read he had that one up shot i want to say on day one or two that skipped and was just like not even like a quarter inch ob you know what i mean mm-hmm. like he had a couple of bad breaks and and he'd also say if I hit that he's he would probably say that if I hit that one circle putt miss that it wouldn't even have been a playoff right like mm-hmm. it's also you True. know what I mean something that he's probably telling himself that it should have never I, been that close yeah like because man he basket one where I was like dude Kelvin you don't miss those <laughs> like, you know, like I want to say it was like twenty you know what I mean like and I was like that's that's just unheard of that's not him um, but man Paul can kind of. Paul's Paul's a hell of a chaser. When you give him an opportunity to just like run everything, man, he is pretty enjoyable, in my opinion. So, um, and I kind of wrote him off. In all honesty, I like, did too. Yeah. Right? I mean, it just it seemed for he was off like the entire tournament card. It just seemed like when I look back at like his scorecards, like round one getting two double bogeys. Getting two bogeys on round two, two bogeys in round three. That's just not something we see out of public bath. He is super consistent and just his ability to make par at minimum, it, no matter what putts he hits, a lot of times they are for birdie, anyways, too, is just ridiculous. And that's just, I didn't really see that Paul necessarily. And round three, especially, just his mental change after something didn't go his way is kind of significant. And I feel like it needs to be looked at and just noticed more because a lot of times when something bad happens, as much as we like to say that he answers to that, I think if it's something where it's not someone else doing something, it's something where he deems like as if it shouldn't happen, it really affects him mentally. Are you talking like his reactions to stuff? Yeah. So like, or I are think you that talking like, like, when like some, when unlucky? So like when he was talking with Jeff Spring, and I don't know exactly what he's talking to, but it was kind of alluding to at least on Twitter. It seemed like something wasn't played cr- the way he thought it should have been, or it wasn't laid out correctly. And when something like that happens, it seems that like 
it snowballs a little bit for him because that's what happens when he goes bogey bogey is when something previously happened and he didn't necessarily think it was necessary or the way it should have been done and he just lets that get into him now and okay, i think that right. if, if a player does something that like if they throw it in or if he misses a putt like where it bounces off the band or something. And we've seen him react that way perfectly fine. Cause he, he knows he made that mistake in that situation. But I think sure. when, when there's a, something that happens or affects him and it's not necessarily his fault, he has a hard time figuring that out mentally. Man. I, the one thing that I, man, how do I say this? I don't know. Like I, I think Paul, because of his greatness gets a giant pass for him. Just, having poor behavior in general on the course. He does folding sometimes. And folding did. Yeah, folding his putters. You know what I mean? Like, just, like, and, man, there's also, like, this entire, like, I mean, it's just in general. Like, there's people that are locked in, and I get it. I don't want to, like, excuse that as just being like, oh, he's being a douchebag. But there's, like, there's people like, hey, hey, good putt, and it's, like, just dead-eyed. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just, I, I'm not, that's not the disc golf that I enjoy, but it's like, and I think he just gets a giant pass. Like, dude, he probably like folded up three putters on this, (laughs) in this tournament alone. Did he actually, are you just saying that? No, I've I've witnessed him. They even mentioned on the podcast that he's like, yeah, like somebody's like, oh, you shouldn't blame that putter. (laughs) That putter did nothing. I don't know what I was doing. I did not remember that happening. Holy cow. Yeah, like interesting. I mean, that makes uh, sense with it when you look back at a circle one putting. It might have been on Jomez because I, I did have to watch the recap at Jomez. It might have been okay, on Jomez, maybe. But yeah, they, yeah, it's hard not to. But yeah, that's you know what I mean. And and I think he just gets a pass because of his goatness and Probably. stuff like that. But but in the grand scheme of things, like hey, when he it, does it, it's passion. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah, because <laughs> nobody else has it, right? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, man, I. I I, it just gets tiring to me. And even like, even when you were talking about it, I didn't, I wasn't able to witness that portion. I came in a little bit later, but like, even that just kind of sounds like oddly elitist. Like, you know what I mean? Like it just kind of like, sure. But at that point, what's that TD going to do? Or, you know what I mean? What's that, especially Springs? Like what's, you know uh-huh. what I mean? Like what's he going to do at that point in time? Nothing. Why? why yeah, exactly. Why does it need to be addressed then and there? Cause you know he's the I mean? goat and he should be, he has, his influence on disc golf has more than any other disc golfer. And if anyone's going to get their way, it's going to be Paul. Yeah. I can't debate that. I, you know what I mean? But I'm waiting for the day. There's going to be a Paul McBath rule. It's going to be in the rule book and it's going to be called like the McBeck rule or something. I could, I just feel it. Man, and you want to know what I'm kind of worried about? This is what I'm kind of worried about. And I think I've, I don't want to say like I've, it's been displayed before, um, I'm a little worried about because I think they're going to get stricter with these rules. I really do, right? And I think without having, I think that's when you start getting into like there's a degree of like favoritisms where some people are getting passes. You know, I mean, Gannon got called on a time. Yes, um, I heard about that. Yeah, and like, and again, some people are going to say, yeah, he's one of the worst proponents of it. And it's whenever he's is on coverage, whenever he is on leads, he does take longer. Than Do you know who called it? I don't. Okay. I don't. But I know. I, I I heard that it was called too, but I didn't know who called it either. Yeah, and part of me also thinks it was the tour. No, they can't do that. No, okay. All right. I didn't know if a player called it. That's what I'm trying to say. Sure. Um, no, it has to be a player. Okay. So, um, but yeah. 
And that's when I started worried about those people, some people getting passes versus others. Because, man, everybody takes more time. You can't, like, if anybody put a stopwatch on all the coverage, and you know what I mean, and just took a stopwatch, I think a lot of people would kind of be surprised at how long. People, You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's also determined, like, when when does that clock officially start Some for some people too? Yeah, it's, it's always, yeah. And like, you get, who's going to call, you know, the football, or not football, uh, the, the time is different based on every person. Because someone, someone really doesn't care how Nico reacts or Gata reacts. They can call it whatever they want, you know? Yeah, like, absolutely. And so, other people are yeah. going to tolerate a little bit more, but. Yeah, so it, it's interesting, and I think, and like, man, don't get uh, part of the reason like Gannon looks like the worst is because like he'll be there and then he'll like have to go grab his bag, chalk bag, or yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and when you do stuff like that, it makes you appear worse, in, in my opinion. But there's plenty of people that are sitting there looking at looking down at something that's taking more than 30 seconds that doesn't pick up, that doesn't, you know what I mean? Yeah, so especially and and i'm not saying like i'm not trying to say like we need to watch it i'm not one of those guys all i'm saying is no different than the paul paul coverage right some people are highlighted more than others and when it start when you start doing that and rules become in play with that that's when i start getting worried you know and i don't think it's even that fucking big of a deal right now (laughs) no yeah (laughs) so but whatever that's just me but yeah paul paul had another solid gannon had a very solid performance he crept up there and naked top five another top five for gannon burr man he's putting it together he really is he's got to be up there you know i granted i know dickerson's got two wins and he just took fourth of this one. Chris Dickerson yeah. just is proving why he he's is probably the, top... the player of the year right now, right? He's got yeah. Be isn't it weird? I feel like he is the least talked about top five guy, but he, I, man, he just makes a case for himself every single week why he should be like considered the third guy, or you know, with maybe, a new sponsor. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Like we always said that, like we thought he'd adjust the the easiest with a new sponsor. He's right now the favorite for player of the year. Yeah, right now, and I, I don't think it's debatable. Like I don't think I I'm trying to think of like who else is close. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like in my head, I, I just no one's like really popping off in my head. I'm like because to... maybe Ricky, Ricky's gotta win, right? Uh, yeah, but then you add the fact that Jackerson's got a major and you know it's gonna be yep. we're gonna have to see like obviously if someone wins multiple majors of the year, it makes a case for himself. But yeah. Uh, I just think that Chris Dickerson, it's so weird to say because he does, his name is in the conversation a lot, but I think that he should be in the, I feel like maybe I'm wrong, but I feel as if in the grand scheme of the top five guys, he has talked about the fifth guy. And I don't know if that's the case. Yeah. But moving forward, fifth place, Ganneber, his fourth top five in a row. Ganneberg doing some things. Hopefully we can see him squeak in some podium finishes, maybe even a win on the year. I would wonder if he would be the youngest major winner or I mean, can you imagine if he won worlds i think he'd be clearly be like the, the youngest world champion i texted it to jay earlier and i'll say it on here gannon burr is going to have a better career than eagle mcmahon in my yeah. eyes do you think that's a hot take man after this injury with eagle maybe not but i said it before it you know what i mean yeah. for for a lot of people i bet you it would have been a hot take okay Absolutely. i think i think it was People consider it a hot take as well. I don't necessarily think I'm taking that. I mean, I've been watching Gannon Burr since probably like three. Was, yeah. When he was 13, because I mean, I followed him on Instagram and I was just like, man, this kid is something special because he could always just throw so far. And now that his pus is so dirty, like, he's only going to get better. 
and what he's doing better than Eagle when Eagles was was this age is when this guy has nothing for a hole, he plays it for par so well. He lays up what you know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't matter to him. Like he's like, I'm gonna get it later. And he just laying up and playing his game. Like, you know what I mean? He doesn't he has such a professional eye at times. And yeah. that's what takes so that's what takes so long. He's like really trying to win read everything. Like that's what's taking his show is so much time. But like he has such a professional outlook at such a young age. And that's why, you know what I mean? He's gonna get a couple more wins than where Eagle was to this point mm-hmm. in my eyes. And then he will have that game that Eagles. Eagle doesn't have a choice now, in my opinion. This injury, this is a pretty scary injury for his game. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? In all honesty. And this is something that's not going to, like, that could possibly, we're talking, like, take a full year. You know what I mean? This is not something to, like. No, that's something where I think it really needs to be considered. Yeah. Uh, Maybe he, I think he, I clearly should have, at least I hope so, got cleared by the doctors to play. But You know, pull a little bit of assignment when he was injured, just actually committing to not throwing a disc at all. You know, maybe yeah. doing some physical therapy here and there and trying to strengthen it. Yes, but just like, don't push it. Just allow yeah. yourself to completely heal. Hopefully, and for those, yeah, for those that didn't say, Eagle did mention that his shoulder did dislocate on hole six. It must have popped in, or yeah. you know what I mean? Because he, um, and he didn't. He DNP. You know what I mean? DNF'd. DNF'd, sorry. That was my betting line. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, At least he did that. You know, it was able to, you know, instead of trying to play it lefty or something, I think this is a a little bit more mature eagle. And someone, I think he's taking it pretty seriously now. But yeah. This this is scary. This could be career ending if it's something that, you know, could cause damage. I think Gannonburr is going to be possibly up there as like a Mount Rushmore great. Wow. Okay. That's like super bold. <laughs> like towards his for the for his entire career. Okay. And grant don't get me people will understand with what the competition is. I think it's kind of like every other sport. You know what I mean? Like they're not gonna think I'm not saying he's gonna compete to hit Climo or Macbeth's wins total. Mm-hmm. Competition's not there. But people are gonna realize like how good he is compared to what disc golf's going. Okay. Interesting. So, you know, I mean, he might not, he might not get the, the big like milestone totals that some of the bigs have, but man, I think when it's all said and done, we're going to look again in Burr's career and be like, wow. You know what I mean? And he's going to be still got so, such a long way. Oh dude, he's in high school. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what, like, like I said, for him to have that professionalism now, and for him to grow into his body more, for him to grow into the game more, is going to be just nuts. You know what I mean? It's just nuts. And I don't think he has, like, looking at form-wise, I don't think he has the problems that, like, Simon and Eagle have. His I don't think he does form, either. Yeah, he has the form, form so good. Okay, I mean, we say this, too, and then Will Stewart, who his form was completely modeled after, has... Uh, throw or like I don't know his shoulder problem. I think it's shoulder or back problems now. I'm not saying that's directly caused. I mean, who yeah. who knows? But it's just a little yeah. ironic. But yeah, I I completely agree. He's one of the smoothest. I think we talk about who has the best form in disc golf. Gannon is on my top three list. And his and his forehand is like 
man, you see Eagles forehand and you're just like, that is just such a torque on your body. And it's so strained and it's like so aggressive. He's just like, walk up. Like it's a mid range flick and it's just bomb. Yeah. Like it's like, it's, it's just, he has that sync with his body where like, it's just pops. Yeah. Gannon Burr's going to be up there. He, he will be up there. My, I'm putting it on the record. <laughs> Another cool thing that we got to see at Jonesboro in round two was a glimpse of a returning Simon jumping up 67 spots and beating the field by four strokes to jump into the top five. Yeah, man, that's so awesome. Great for Simon. He needed something like this. Mm-hmm. I, you know what I mean? And and he's got a lot going on, right? Yes. Like, so understandable. But man, like, this is kind of like one of those rounds and one of those tournaments where like it like you fall he'll he'll fall back in love with disc golf you get what i'm saying like it will no longer be a job or a date or like this road trip or like because man there comes a point with i think with a lot all these players when you're on that road where it's just like man here's you know what i mean like yeah just another one of those days but like yeah i think this is one of those type of rounds where it's like man he's gonna fall in love with back with disc golf and hopefully it kind of like makes him pop a little bit i hope so I, I don't – yeah, I don't know if he, like – but, man, if si- if Simon's in and around – man, I keep saying 10 to 15. <laughs> but, like, if he's in the top 20, that only helps disc golf. I agree. He's so, so good for disc golf. Yeah, so, like, that's, that's kind of what I root for. I think that, I mean? like, what we really break it down to, he is someone that can compete with the, the top five guys, I think. And, you know, it's just something where – it, it's not something that happens every single tournament, but like when he does have those tournaments, Simon can play some crazy good disc golf. Yeah. Yeah. No, Simon's Simon's legit. Yeah. And, and man, 13 under on that course is wild. Yes. <laughs> Just wild. Like for it, man, even that, like for him to finish and the lead card, not even start and he's in the lead climbing up that many spots on that day. And people have to chase him down. It's just nuts. Yeah, and he yeah. bogeyed eighteen. So yeah, could have been even better. Yeah, that's that's just nuts. Man, yeah, it's good. Good to see Simon. Good to see Disc Golf. Um, helps Disc Golf in an immense way. It, only hope good things. Um, and he's. I think there's going to be a couple of these courses. So this is kind of like Simon's where Simon's needs to be. He needs like those open courses with lines you know what i mean they're still it's not like open spike heiser it's more like hey open up set up for the next one and i think he does those very well and there's you know a ddo is kind of one of those Mm -hmm. so you know what i mean i think you you can kind of see him maybe get into the top 20 again next week hopefully that'd be awesome yeah so that being said, we do have the Dynamic Discs open next weekend. We're going to see a little bit of previews of Worlds. Who do you got? Um, I would have went Eagle. Eagle would have been like my first. No, like, man, when we say who do we got, it's not necessarily who's playing well in my head. It's like who plays this course well. Mm-hmm. And so, like, Paul and Paige pop into my head right away. Eagle pops into my head. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll go Paul. I'm going to go Paul and okay. MPO, and I'll go really chalk. Paul and Paige, I think. Okay. I'm going to go kind of chalk. I want to go Ricky Waisaki. Not a bad He's playing for Dynamic Disc now, so I think this is something where, one, that's kind of – I don't know. I didn't think of that. Yeah, I have that. 
And he he got a win at Texas State, but he doesn't have a win in an elite series yet. And I think he's due, especially if he wants to put his name in consideration for you know uh, the MVP. And then going off of this tournament, and I think just that fighter being led and her ready to go, and Kristen Sar not taking worse than third place in this tournament, I'm gonna take the betting, and I'm gonna go Kristen Sar on back to back wins. She hasn't taken worse than third it's so for, long, like it's so yeah, long. like forever. Yeah, that's so like. As much as we're talking about like those ladies coming up, like Paige can't say that. Can't can't say that. You know what I mean? Like that is Chris Tatar is the future for the FPO, and I'm standing by Woo! that. I'm standing Woo! by that. Man, when Paige wants it, she can get it. I don't <laughs> think know? that's gonna be the case anymore. I don't. Oh, I yeah, you might be right on that. That the instinct, the mamba or whatever, you know what I mean? People want and it's good. I like I enjoy it. I like I enjoy this page. I think this page is also good for disc golf. I don't like winning isn't everything. That type of winning isn't everything. You know what I mean? Camaraderie and like wishing everybody to do well is, you know what I mean? There's a place for that too. So, and I yeah. think, and she still has the skills whenever she wants it. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. So she's still going to be there for every major, every, but um, yeah, that's, Tatar's not a man. You really kind of convinced me on the Ricky. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you really, as soon as he said like he's sponsored by, I was like, man, I completely forgot about that. Yeah. And Ricky could try to make a stamp. And of course, he plays well too. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So yeah, nice pick. I didn't think of that, but yeah. So I think that's going to wrap up this episode of The Spinout. If you want to hear more disc golf content, make sure this Friday tune in the Kirby's Disc Golf World where we're going to be talking a little bit more about this, maybe some other questions that I do have that I'm going to make sure we get Disc Golf Jesus on just so we can rub, <laughs> his, rub it in his face a little bit and some things that he's been saying wrong. Other than that, guys, we hopefully see you at that.